Over the last few weeks, we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about the pressure and the influence. And I keep coming back to that first night when we talked about ski jumping. And we talked about their training and all the things they had to do, all the pressure and the influence that came from that one single jump that they might have worked their whole lives for at the Olympics. And the more and more that I sit in my office and I think about this series and about the important things that we've been talking about, the more and more um, I don't envy you in your position, whether you're in grade 7, just getting ready to move on to high school, or whether you are in the thick of it in high school. I do not envy the choices and the pressure and the influence that you guys have to take in and think about uh, each and every day. So there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of influence. And so this idea of trusting, we have given you a lot of a lot of truth, a lot of Bible verses. I've told you some stories from my own life about the ways and the choices that I made. I didn't do everything perfect through my uh, dating relationships. I didn't. I haven't made all the right choices as a human being growing up. Uh, but I have always had God to lean on, and so. We're going to talk about this verse tonight just for a few minutes. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The point I want to make to you tonight is that God is not surprised by any of the myths, lies, temptations that we have to deal with when it comes to love and dating and relationships and sex. And we can trust that there is always a way out or always a right decision to be made when we're confronted with those choices. Such a huge concept that God is not surprised by any of the things that you come up against. As you go to high school, as you're in grade 7, probably there's things that you'll be exposed to. There's decisions that you will make. You'll see your friends making decisions. We talked about the fact that it's okay to say no. It's okay to be weird and make different choices. And this promise that, that God will always give you a way out. That if we trust God in those situations, if we give those situations over to Him, that He will always give us a way to make a right decision in those, in those times. And the fact that he is not surprised by different things that go on in our lives should be huge for us, not just in dating and relationships. But trust means that you don't always know the process. Trust means you don't always have all the answers, and trust is not always knowing the outcome. But we can trust that God has our best interests in heart, at heart, that he loves us, that he cares for us. I'm always very careful to end my prayers that way lately because it's such an important truth that if we really believe that he loves us and that he cares for us, then that should change the way that we interact with him, the way that we trust him in these things that he says. No temptation surprises him. And he won't put us in a position where we can't have an out. We can't have a right decision to make. And that it uh, doesn't always mean that it's always clear. It doesn't always mean that it'll be easy. But it does mean that God's created those ways. Okay, so that means trusting God with all these decisions and choices that you get to make over, over the rest of your high school kind of career, when you become a young adult, as you're getting closer to marriage, all that kind of stuff. The second is this, keep running. 
As we deal with all the choices and the decisions that come with relationships and dating and sex, we need to continue to train and run with the end in mind. Last week we talked about dating, and I really believe that dating is an avenue to marriage. Dating isn't a hobby. It's not just something that you say that you, you know, oh yeah, I'm into dating, like I'm into like metal music or sci-fi movies. I, I like dating. No, dating is... Uh, an evaluation process that's a way for you to point yourself towards marriage with another person. And so we need to keep running with that in mind. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete, like a ski jumper, exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body, keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Talking about the fact that there is this end goal in mind, and we need to keep that in mind. There will be choices that come up. There will be decisions you have to make that seem at the moment like the gain or the pleasure in that moment is worth it. But we have to look further than that. We have to look at the fact that there's a plan for our lives. There's something better in mind. And we need to look towards that. And hopefully that helps you to make those decisions in that moment. That trust in God and keeping your eye on the prize. Trusting and running. You may have to make the same choice over and over and over again. You may have to, you have, may have a chance to make a different decision if you've made one that's not so good. You have to keep the end goal in mind. You have to trust that there is someone out there. There's your youth leaders, there's your parents, there's other people in your lives, your friends that care about you, that you can trust. But they're not always around when you're having to make those decisions. So trust in God. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep running. Those are my two quick things for tonight. Now, I want <clears throat> to briefly tackle a couple of questions that got uh, handed in. I said at the beginning that I'm super thankful for everybody that wrote a question down. And we're going to try to go through as many of those tonight as possible. There was a few that got submitted that I wanted to just talk to all of us about. And they had to do with LGBTQ and transgender questions. There, <clears throat> someone was brave enough to write down a question talking about um, you know, having thoughts or thinking about um, this idea of transgender. And so we have to be aware that, <clears throat> that we interact with all kinds of different people, with all kinds of different uh, like thoughts and all different kinds of beliefs and stuff. So th- I want you to hear this. I want you to hear, I'm going to read this because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, but you have to hear my heart behind this, okay? We love every student that walks through those doors of the church each and every week. Love does not require agreement. You and I don't have to agree on everything in order for me to care about you 
to love, to love you, for me to create a place where I hope you feel like you belong. Okay? We don't have to agree. Love does not require agreement. <clears throat> love has no room for disgust. Love chooses to listen. Love does not require change as a prerequisite for genuine relationship. I'm not looking at each and every one that walks through those doors and say, well, if they change this about themselves, if they don't act like this, if they choose to believe this, then I will care for them and I will love them. Love does not require change as a prerequisite for genuine relationship. Each and every one of you matters. And every one of your story is worth being heard. And when it comes to talking about sex and relationships and LGBTQ and and transgender, uh, when it comes to those topics, you have to know that I, I, me and our leaders and our church believe a very specific stance. We believe in what the Bible says about, we call it a biblical sexual ethic. We don't want to be shy about the fact that we believe in male and female and that the Bible teaches that marriage is between one man and one wife. I don't want you to be confused about that if, if we're going to have this relationship, if we're going to have this love and this trust. But we will listen. I will listen. We will love. I will love. And I will fight for each and every student that walks through those doors to feel like they can belong and we can have those conversations. The church should be the safest place for us to have these conversations. Love does not require agreement. So I might, I'm going to talk about these things a little bit more. You may disagree with me. That's okay. And I know it might sound weird, just some 35-year-old guy standing on a stage saying that he loves you and he cares about you. But the minute that you walk through those doors, you are part of our youth group family. And it doesn't matter what your beliefs are. It doesn't matter how you act. It doesn't matter what choices you make. There is nothing that will change that fact for me and for our leaders. So let's talk about identity for a little bit. We've done a series on identity. We've talked about it a few times. I just want to reiterate the fact that idea, identity is not what you do. It's not who you are. Identity, or sorry, identity is not what you do. It's about who you are. Identity is not defined by our sexuality. Rather, it is defined by the one who created each and every one of us. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God says there's two options, male and female. Male and female are not two ends of a spectrum. They're not two ends of a pendulum where we get to pick where we fall on that scale. And by expressing another gender, I believe that we are not living out who God has made you to be. I just copied this word for word from an article because I, it's, it's, I thought it said this so, so well. Gender dissatisfaction, the feeling of profound discomfort with the sex of one's own body, is often hugely painful. For some, it's chronic, going back even to early childhood. For many, the emotional toll can feel unbearable. 
No one can deny this pain. But as Christians, we know that the pain that we all experience in our lives while on this earth comes from sin or a broken relationship with God, wanting things our own way instead of relying on God's truth. We all, we all experience the curse of sin in bodily, way, bodily ways. But the answer to the problems in our body, along with the answers to any of our own problems, is never found in ourselves. Whatever we might do to our bodies to overcome these perceived problems, we'll never be able to fix what truly lies beneath our self-alienation. We can alter our appearance, we can correct much of what we think to be wrong, but we will never find the real freedom we so deeply crave. Nothing we can do to our bodies will help us to feel that we're our true selves, at least not in a lasting way. The only answer to our experience of brokenness in our bodies is found in the ultimate brokenness of Christ's body. He experienced the ultimate affliction. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus went to the nth degree to show his love for us, to, to break his own body in order that we would find freedom. Yet he went through all of that for us. He experienced ultimate brokenness so that we would never have to. So that's talking about identity. The other thing I want to talk about is feelings and choices. We all have a choice to make when it comes to our feelings, choices, desires, dreams, actions, and realities. And there are consequences, both good and bad, for our actions and our choices. Now, now I'm going to tell you a funny story just to break the tension a little bit. <clears throat> a story about consequences and about choices. When I, was in, when I was in Bible college, my mom, bless her heart, gave me an allowance when I was in college. She gave me $20 every week. And at the time, I figured out that if I found, five, if I found four nickels on campus that I could go to Wendy's four times a week. I could go to Wendy's four times a week and get two junior bacon cheeseburgers and a large fries, and I could go back to my dorm and drink water. So I didn't have to get pop. So four times a week, I didn't have to eat the meals that, were, that my parents paid for or I paid for in my college fund. I could eat Wendy's. So I had this, these deep feelings, these deep cravings, uh, this desire to eat lots of Wendy's because it was delicious and it was good. But the consequences were evident. I gained weight. I didn't feel that great. I probably was more tired than I needed to be. My feelings and my cravings and my desires, I literally fed off of them. <laughs> and I, I, I gave in to those feelings. And I paid the price for it. Every day we have feelings and desires and cravings and ideas, but that doesn't mean that we follow even the strongest of those feelings just because they are present in your mind. <clears throat> because our identity is found in a creator, because God is the one that created each and every one of us, he makes the rules. Everything has to be filtered through the Bible. We, we as Christians believe that the Bible is God's word. And he's given it to us. He hasn't, 
He hasn't hidden his word from us. He's not making us go and find what we're supposed to believe or what we're supposed to know about ourselves. It's all right there. And because we've been created by God, he gets to set the rules. Because of that, all of us, each and every one of us, for all of us, there is a moral accountability, even though you may have some natural inclinations to do one thing or the other. If there is ever doubt about acting or exploring feelings or desires or making choices, then the Bible has to be the measuring stick on whether it is profitable or right for us to participate in. I want to keep these conversations going. I don't want to wait till next February to keep having these conversations. I think these conversations are really important. And as I said at the beginning, I may have just said things that you don't agree with. That's okay. Love isn't about, love doesn't equal agreement. I want to listen. Our leaders want to listen. I want to value your opinion. I don't want us to wait just till February to talk about love and dating and sex and relationships. So if you want to have those conversations, find a leader, come and find me. Please believe us when we say these things, that love does not require agreement, that every student matters, that every student's story is worth being heard, that we will listen, that we will love, and that we will continue to fight for you to have a place to belong. The church should be the safest place for you to have these conversations because we have so much love to give. We have been so loved by God. We have been so loved by Jesus dying on the cross for us that uh, us as leaders, even though we aren't always good at showing it, have an overabundance of love for you in this room and want to show that by listening and caring and hearing your stories and hearing your struggles and hearing your questions and doing our best to try to answer those and be there for you. Let me pray. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for these tough questions to talk about. God, I believe that you have truth to speak into these questions. And that doesn't always make it easy. It doesn't always make it easy to hear the answers or to to hear the truth from your word because sometimes it's not what we want to hear. Sometimes it's not how we want to live. God, I just pray that as we continue to run this race, as we continue to make choices, as we come up against feelings and and desires, that we would trust you, that you know best, that you didn't just create us and leave us to try to figure things out on our own, but you've given us your word to filter things, to use as a measuring stick in our lives, God. God, I thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. I thank you for Tuesday nights, for this family that we are continuing to create, for even the new students that you've brought here tonight. God, I thank you for them. I just pray that as we go to our our group time now, as we talk about some more questions that got written down, God, would you continue to be with us there? Continue to be a part of this conversation, God. Would you allow us to be open and vulnerable, uh, maybe not in a group setting, but even just with, with the leaders or, or with each other, God. 
just continue to be a part of that conversation. Help us to not um, hide or be fearful of asking our questions or sharing the things that are going on in our lives. God, we thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. In your name, amen.